0: Let's assume for a moment it is the seventh game of the NBA Finals. And it's the Lakers against the 76ers. And you don't know that I grew up in Philadelphia. So you come up to me and you say, Rabbi, we want you to curse the 76ers. And I say to you, if you make a contribution to the synagogue... I'll see what I can do. So you make a very generous contribution to the synagogue. You can tell that this is just an imaginary scenario. And I say, because you made a contribution to the synagogue, I want you to know I will do whatever is in my heart. And you say, that's all I ask. So, of course, I go to the 76ers and I'm going to bless them. I'm not going to curse them. Because where you grow up, you know, that's where your loyalty is. Now, I want you to imagine what am I going to say to the 76ers? I'm going to say, may all of your dribbling be accurate. May your shots find the basket. May your passes be crisp and clean. May you have no injuries, right? May you get all the rebounds. May you win the game. And then I'll go back to you and say, look, I I said what was in my heart and we've already deposited the check. So I'm sorry, but that's what I did. Now that would make sense. But that's not how the story goes in the Torah. Because Balak sees that Israel has defeated all the surrounding tribes and he's scared that he the Moabites and the Midianites are going to lose militarily to Israel that's their fear their fear is they're going to lose a war he wants to win and so he says to Bil'am go curse that people And Balaam says, I can only do what God tells me. And he goes and instead of cursing Israel, he blesses them. But how does he bless them? He doesn't say, May your weapons be sharp. He doesn't say, May your troops march in line and in order and follow their commands and prevail over their enemies. In other words, his blessing doesn't match the curse that Balak wanted. Which is a very strange thing, if you think about it. Because God puts the blessing in Bil'am's mouth. Bil'am is just the vehicle. But if what Balak wants is to beat them militarily, then what you should want is for them to dribble well and make their shots and win the war. Instead, he says, Matovu Ohalecha Yaakov, Mishkinotecha Yisrael. And when the rabbis say they need to understand what that blessing means, I mean, what does it mean, how beautiful are your tents, O Jacob? It didn't mean in the desert they had lovely tents, right? So they say, what does it mean that their tents were lovely? It meant that all of the tents of Israel were faced away from each other. So nobody looked in someone else's tent. They gave them the privilege of modesty and privacy. In other words, their homes were beautiful and they had mutual respect. And that was the blessing that Bilal gave. So what does this tell you? It tells you something that we say, but we don't always believe, which is that it's not about a strong army, it's about a strong society. That it's not about how good your weapons are. It's about how cohesive your community is. Because Bilam doesn't praise Israel that they should have good weapons. He praises them that they should have strong homes, that they should have a good community, that they should take care of one another. And that clearly has been the strength of those places that have been strong. And when a nation or a people or an institution starts to lose its internal coherence, it starts to lose itself. When it doesn't fulfill Dil blessing of having a tent like this one that is beautiful, not by nature of the physical structure, but because of the conduct of the people who are in it, when you have that, you have everything. When you don't have it, you have almost nothing. So we see that over and over and over again,
1: the blessing
0: that Israel has had is the blessing of Israel. That when we prayed, we prayed in a Beit Knesset, a house of gathering, not just a house of prayer. That we said, call Yisrael, that all Israel is responsible for one another. That we looked out for each other and took care of each other. Didn't mean that we didn't have disagreements. We've read the Torah. It's not like in ancient Israel, they always got along. They didn't. If you'll recall, last week, we had a full-scale rebellion, Korach. But still, they traveled through the wilderness together. They understood that the strength of their homes and the respect that they showed from one home to another, that was what would enable them to defeat Midian, Moab, Amon. All the tribes that only exist today in the pages of the Bible as ancient enemies of Israel. This is always one of my favorite things when I read through the tower. I think if you went to an ancient Ammonite and you said, guess what? Your name is going to exist for thousands of years, but only because you're an enemy of Israel, there hadn't been an enemy of Israel. Nobody would remember who you are, but they're preserved because they fought us and we remember the people that we opposed but we succeeded not because of how we fought because of who we are it's why remember when Moshe had his arms up in the air Israel won the war and when he dropped his arms they lost and that was a way of saying when we look upward when we have spirit when we have faith when we have togetherness we succeed Bielam's blessing is as relevant today as it was thousands of years ago. Matovu Halecha Yaakov. How beautiful are your homes and tents of Israel when you make them beautiful. And when you do, there is nothing and no one that can defeat you. Shabbat Shalom.